Welcome to the Short Funk Podcast, I'm Tom Barbelay, and today I'm back from Portland, like literally. A couple of hours ago we landed, did a bunch of work-related stuff, drank a bunch of water, took some calls, and I thought, well, I've got to get a Short Funk recording out. I'm still decompressing the whole Portland experience, there's going to be a bunch of Short Funks associated with the Portland trip, but the raw emotion that I have is that you can create a community by talking. And I've got a lot more to talk about associated with that, but it was this really overwhelming meeting a bunch of guys, re-seeing a few guys <laughs> previously, and uh, meeting a bunch of spouses as well, and organizing meals, and just walking through a train show, and having random people come up to me and shake my hand and thank me for doing Model Rail Radio. So, a lot of important, a lot of interesting stuff, but today I'm just going to clear a bunch of topics that I have had in my ongoing potential topics for short funk. When I was a boy, I was interested in landscapes, computer-generated landscapes. And this might seem relatively esoteric, but the things that I missed in video games, and here we're talking about the early 90s, probably late 80s, early 90s, related to the chaotic and sublime experience. And sublime here means beyond human comprehension. It means that when you see certain things, your brain just goes unprocessable, beyond comprehension, and that in and of itself is a form of beauty. This comes from Immanuel Kant, who's a philosopher's aesthetics. He was a philosopher many, many, many years ago. When I came to look at natural landscapes, I thought that there was underlying mathematics associated with these natural landscapes, and I generated a number of algorithms which converged onto a fractal algorithm, which is what I use for Noblape currently. And I've used historically, actually. When... I came to developing no blape, I used sinusoidal waveforms, which just means like when you look occasionally at spoken word and what have you, you see a waveform that goes up and down. It looks a bit like, you know, anyway, that's a sinusoidal waveform. My interest in landscapes was distilled by a childhood friend, a fellow by the name of Chris Jones, who developed really early virtual reality software, both in terms of computer programs, but also in terms of hardware. I think he had two Game Boys that he used to represent the two distinct eyes, and he created budget, absolutely cost price, virtual reality systems when we were, I guess, maybe 13 or 14. And through this, I got a keen sense associated with vector landscapes. Now, vector landscapes describe landscapes with a grid typically applied to them, where the grid goes up and down, and visually, by just looking at this deformed grid, you can see what the underlying landscape would look like. And this really was the only way to adequately describe landscapes up until a certain point. The mathematics underneath landscapes interested me in such a way that when I travelled, when I flew, when I travelled by train or, you know, when I was in a car at age 13, 14, I always looked at the landscapes and thought, what will the underlying mathematics look like for these landscapes? And this is a particularly unique perspective because it also drove my approach with kind of beaches, water interactions, topological information, all this kind of stuff came together in my early landscape simulation, which predate Nobelape. In fact, the benefit of having a vector graphics landscape engine while I was developing Nobelape initially was very useful because rather than just kind of descriptively or with contour maps show 
a landscape environment. You could see not necessarily an ape's eye view, but certainly with an ape in the center of a landscape. And as they moved, you could see the, you know, the landscape kind of undulate because the ape was basically at the same point on the screen, but the landscapes around the ape were changing. In 1997, 1998, it was the end of 97, the start of 98, I think. I'm pretty sure that was the time frame. I got a grant from the Australian Film Commission, and the grant gave me money that I could use for equipment. And the primary thing that I purchased with this grant was an Apple Mac laptop. It was a PowerBook 1400, I seem to recall. And this computer was colour. And it enabled me to experiment with the mathematics of landscapes where rather than having vector graphics, I had a an ape's eye view, quite literally, of the landscape, including the mountains and the water and the beaches and all these things. Not so much trees. I did do some early experiments on trees. But it was primarily the landscape as the ape was wandering without the trees, without the grass. But just a kind of coloured representation of the landscape, which... Could have been using polygonal technology, but wasn't. It was actually using a technology that I optimized, filed patent on various other things. I mean, you know, I was a kid at the time. And it was associated with looking down the individual pixel lines that go down the monitor and actually drawing the landscape at that level and then doing a series of optimizations based on that. This method was what the Rushkov article was based on. So even though I developed the the algorithm method to create these landscapes maybe two years prior to the Rushkov article, probably more than two years. It was these elements that came together. It was the Australian Film Commission grant, getting this new colour laptop, having to make these landscapes more attractive. And I used a method that was not based on the polygonal technology at the time. So, you know, we got a few people excited. It got Douglas Rushkov excited. It got some people at Intel excited. It got people at... Nintendo excited, got a bunch of people at Apple excited. So, you know, these kind of tech nerd folk certainly understood that the algorithm that I had generated for landscapes was something of interest. And these were the stepping stones that got me out of Australia, a fascination of landscapes, creating landscapes, looking at a bunch of landscapes and finding underlying mathematics that I could use, and then looking at ways of actually visualising the landscape. So landscape generation and visualisation was one of the most important aspects of my life for a long period of time. And I don't talk about it adequately. I don't know people kind of understand that aspect of my life. But I thought it certainly merited a short funk topic. Tom Barbelay in San Jose, signing out.